Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Get out your Bible and I want you to turn to the book of Romans real quickly. And I'm going to show you something. We're not going to preach for the the next two sermons I'm going to preach um, in these following weeks um, are going to be from the book of Romans. And the book of Romans is one of the most, I won't say powerful because the entire Bible is obviously powerful, but it, it really is a framework. Many say it's a framework of the Christian faith in a nutshell. If you were going to boil down the Christian faith to one book, it would actually be, you could boil it down to the book of Romans. In fact, Martin Luther, actually his transformation in his life, his salvation actually came about through reading and studying the book of Romans. So I want to show you something in here and I'm going to read, firstly, I'm going to read um, the main passage that I'm going to preach from um, and then we're going to, uh, then I'm going to set it up and, and set up a little intro for you that we're, going to, uh, that we're going to launch off for these next couple of weeks. So let's go to Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. This is Paul. And Paul says to the church in Rome, he says, And do this, knowing that, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. I want to stop there real quickly um, because what this here is giving us, and I want to lead into the little sermon title that I have, that I think is so applicable for us right now in this season and this climate that we are in as a church, as a people, as a nation. I want to preach today on the right response. The right response. I don't know about you, but for me right now, it seems to be the question that I'm asking myself every single day is what is the right response? What's the right thing to post? What's the right thing to say? What's the right thing to tweet? What's the right thing to think right now? There are so many things bombarding us from the exterior and what is around us, whether it be through social media, whether it be through friends and things that we're seeing and things happening around us. But I think as people of God, we have to ask ourselves, God, what is the right response? What's the right thing to do? Not what is everybody else doing, because I don't know about you, but I'm hearing a lot of people tell me what I should be doing. A lot of people tweeting about it, a lot of people posting about it. I should do this, I should do that, I should do that. But I think as people of God, we've got to stop for a moment and ask God, God, what is the right response right now? And so Paul is very direct to the church in Rome. He's so direct, he says, do this knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For us to really understand what Paul is saying here, I want us to just go back a little bit and help. I want to establish um, a a better understanding as to the context of this verse. The church in Rome at the time, Paul actually hadn't been there yet. He was sending this letter um, to the church. He hadn't visited yet. But the church in Rome was set up, was established um, by Jewish Christians. Many say that, that many of the Jews that were, were present at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts helped to establish this church in Rome. But Rome was, was Gentile territory. So you had Jewish Christians that established this church amongst the Gentiles. And, and they had up and down moments as a church dependent on who was the emperor at the time. The Roman people 
as I said, they were Gentiles. They were known for having this idea of religion um, that, that allowed you to believe what you wanted to believe as long as you didn't get too radical about it. The Romans were okay. You could believe this or believe that or believe in Jesus or, or worship this idol or worship that or do this or do that. And they weren't too worried about it. They were sort of like, just look, just do your thing. As long as you don't upset anyone and as long as you don't get too fanatical and as long as you don't push against the grain too much, we're cool with you. And so the, the Jewish Christians that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, they started getting excited about Jesus and started preaching and started you know, going for it. And so the emperor would, would banish the church and actually essentially shut the church down and, and send all the Jews away. And then a new emperor would come up and he would be like, well, they're not so bad, let them come back. And so they would let them come back. And, and they went through this season of sort of up and down, up and down, where the church was continually under attack. And what ended up happening was as the church started to grow, because we know that despite what happens around us, doesn't matter how strong the battle is around us, there's nothing so great as the God that's within us. And so the church started to preach and started to move in power and started to move in authority. And Gentiles, Romans, saw what was going on and Romans started coming along to the church. So the Romans start getting saved. So you got these Jewish Christians that they're like, we're the real deal, we're the Jewish Christians and, and this is what you have to do to be saved. And then you've got these Roman Christians. Now they're getting saved and they're coming into the church, but they're not Jewish Christians, they're Gentile Christians. And so there's this clash now and this battle within the church as to, who is doing what and, and what they believe. They all sort of believed in Jesus, but the Jews were saying, well, if you, if you want to come to our church, you're Gentiles, which means you got to eat this and, and you got to do that and you got to do that. And then the Romans, they were Gentiles and they're like, well, well we don't want to do that. We just want to come to church. And these Jews are like, no, shut up. You got to do it our way. And the Romans are like, no, I want to do it my way. And so there's this sort of bickering going on. I don't know if it sounds familiar or, or, or you feel, feel that maybe it relates to where we are today as a church at large, but there were issues that were going on within the church and within society that were creating this division, that there was this disunity, that there were these disagreements. Well, what do you believe? And what are you for? And are you for this or are you for that? And what do you think of that? And why are you not saying anything about this? And why are you posting that? And why did you tweet that? And why did you like that? And, it's, and they were going back and forth, back and forth, very similar to where we're at right now, not just as a church, but as a society. And so what I want you to see, and I want, I want to set up this little, little foundation for the book of Romans that we see Paul establish. So Paul comes into this whole thing. He sees it rather from a distance and he hears of what's going on. And I wanna show you, before we move to our, 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 our text, main text that we're gonna focus on, I wanna show you because this actually sets up a foundation, this first verse of Romans. Because we see here, under the banner of, of this topic that we're talking about, the right response. Let's look at Paul's response. He knows what's going on. He knows they're at each other. And he comes in and he says this, Paul, he introduces himself and this is powerful. He says, Paul, a bondservant or a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle separated to the gospel 
of God. I want you to see this because this is actually powerful. And this verse one of Romans establishes a foundation that sets up the framework for the rest of this book. And this is so important. And it is the foundation of absolute and complete surrender to the things of God. Paul says, in order for us to deal with what's going on right now in the church, I need you first and foremost to understand what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that is that you need to be a complete and utter bondservant to the things of God. That while we're bickering about what my point of view is, what my idea is, what my, what my thoughts are, what my rights are, Paul sets the, sets the foundation straight right from the start. And he says, you know what? You don't have any rights. You don't have an opinion. You don't have thoughts because you actually surrender all of that to Jesus Christ. And that will be the centre point that will pull us all together as a people, as a church, as a community and as a nation? The answer is Jesus. And this is so important for us to understand this. If you do not have that as a foundation for your Christian walk, you will never build anything. When I was, I used to do construction before I got saved and I was a framer and I would frame houses. I never came onto a site where we were gonna frame a house where there was not a foundation laid first. Because if you try to frame a house or frame a building that doesn't have a solid foundation, the frame will not last. And my challenge to us as a church right now and the body of Christ right now, we talk so much, well, I've got to get back to church and we're going to get to church this Sunday. And, and it's almost like we hear the Word of God and we start to build a frame based on what we heard on that Sunday. But the problem is, is that if we don't have a solid foundation by which that frame is built upon, it's not gonna last. You will not build anything. You won't go from line upon line, precept upon precept. You'll build a frame Sunday based on the words you heard and then it'll be falling apart by Wednesday, Thursday. And then we come crawling back into church saying, well, I need another word. No, 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 that's not God's plan for your life. God's plan is that we go from glory to glory, which means with the right foundation, we can build every single day. We can build every single week. And this is what God has for us. So Paul, Paul says to the church, if we're gonna deal with this thing, if we're gonna set this thing straight, if we're gonna pull this thing together, if we're gonna unify as a church, if we're gonna unify as a people, the foundation you need to have first is that we are as Christians called to live a life that is surrendered. And Paul understands this because Paul is about to drop on then some of the most powerful verses and scriptures that we know in the Bible. But he knows if I don't set the right foundation, this thing's not gonna hold. So this is what he does. And so he set it up and we come to this, this text and I wanna show you what he's saying here. In Romans 13 and verse 11, Paul starts by saying these words. He says, this is what? I want you to do this. I want you to do this. It speaks to us of the mandate 
that is not just upon the church, but the mandate that is upon the people of God, that I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. It's not just your small group leader. It's not just your pastor. It's not just your parents. There's a mandate, there's a calling, there's a purpose that's upon you to do something. We are in a day and age where we are all pointing at everybody else. We're telling everybody else what they should be doing when we need to be saying, God, what do you want me to do? There's a mandate upon us. This is where the right response begins. The right response begins when we recognise that there is something God wants me to do. And I want you to see the order of this because he says this, he says, and do this. He says, knowing the time that now, the three things that I'm gonna give you across these, these, I'm gonna preach this across two sermons. Next week, Pastor Jensen's gonna come and he's gonna preach a message that he's gonna, he's gonna couple so well with what we're looking at here. And then the following week, I'm gonna preach the second part of this. But I'm gonna give you, when it comes to the right response, I'm gonna give you three things. And I want you to see the order in these things. I wanna give you first, when you need to respond, why you need to respond, and what it is that you need to do. This is what Paul says to this church. He says, and do this knowing the time. So the when is right now. Not, not, not when you get a little bit older, college students. Not when you step into leadership. Not once you get married and get, get a few kids and a fluffy dog, a little white picket fence. Not once you've done everything that you wanna do now. Not when you get an opportunity to get up in the pulpit and you're planning what it is that you're gonna say and what it is that you're gonna preach. No, God has something for you to do. It's not tomorrow, it's now. Not, not when church comes back together on a Sunday. We're, we're so busy getting frustrated at why we can't get back on Sunday. And I understand this. And there is a level of frustration I have also because I love Sunday church so much. But don't get so frustrated about missing what God is, what, what you want, uh, focusing on what you want God to do tomorrow that you miss what God is trying to do today. That there is something God has for you to do. And it's not, He's not waiting for church to come back on Sunday. He wants you to do it right now. And this is important because what Paul is doing is he's establishing in the church, he's establishing in the readers of this book and the church in Rome that there is a position that I need you to take and the position that I need you to take has to be taken right now. When, when my son is three, Luca, and, and we've just started like, like, you know, playing catch out in the yard. And so I'll say, buddy, come here. And so I'll say, stand here. So I'll say, stand there, Luca. And, and I've got the ball, you know. And I'll say, stand there and, and put your hands out like that. And what am I doing? I'm getting him in position for what it is I wanna give him. And this is, this I want you to hear me. This is one of my biggest frustrations right now with where we are at as a church at large and as a society. 
I think we have to be very careful that we, are, that, that we don't allow what is going on around us to get us out of the position that God has called us to be in. Because we need to understand that God is about to pour out the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God. And it is possible for us as a church to miss it because we're out of position, because we're so frustrated and we're so confused and we're so distracted with everything else going on around us that we're not in the Word and we're not asking God, God, where do you want me right now? Because the Word says that in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And there is about to be a pouring out, but the church is gonna miss it if we're so busy posting this, tweeting this, we're angry at this person, we're angry at that person, we're attacking these people. And God is saying, don't worry about all of this. It got you by surprise, but it didn't get me by surprise. Position yourself and get ready for a breakthrough and for a revival in and through the church right now. So my challenge to us is, are we ready? This is what he's saying. He says, I want you to do this, knowing the time that now, that now is high time to awake. Say, wake up. Look at someone on your couch and push them. Push your husband if you fell asleep and say, wake up. He says, now is high time to awake out of sleep. It means too, that speaks to us of open our eyes. Open our eyes. Not, not our natural eyes, but the eyes of our spirit. Because God wants to do something in and through the church right now, but we are caught sleeping because we are too often, we are operating in the flesh and we're called to be people of the Spirit. And God wants us to open our eyes right now and see, God, what do you want us to do right now? Show me, direct me, guide me, speak to me through your Word. Guide me as I pray, direct and order my steps. Show me, Lord God, show me what to do in the Spirit that there has to be an awakening that takes place where we see beyond the surface and beyond the frustrations and beyond the hurt and beyond the pain and beyond the divisiveness that's going on. And we see what's happening in the Spirit. Because what does the Word say? We don't battle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. In Romans, earlier on in Romans, Chapter 12 and verse two, he says a familiar verse that we know. And it says that we are as, as people of God, that we are to be, we are not to conform to this world, which means don't give in to or don't allow the natural things going on around you to shape or mold your response. Don't conform, don't be, don't be molded by what you see. And, and this we've got to be so careful as, as people of God because we are bombarded every single, every single day with images, with information. We're reading things, we're text, we're seeing texts, we're seeing posts, we're scrolling continually, continually. And if we are not careful, we will allow the things going on around us in the natural to actually mould and shape the response we have. But that's not the right response. It goes on. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. 
but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. But this is what I want to get to right now, by the renewing of my mind. Why? That I may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. The word prove, it means to discern, which is another way of describing to see. So how do I, how do I wake up and see what's going on? It's when my mind is transformed, therefore I get renewed. There needs to be a renewing that takes place by a transformed mind in the Word of God in order to be able to see. You're not gonna see what's going on if you're just living your life based upon what's on your feed. You're gonna miss it because you have to understand if you start to look at what's on your feed, what's on your feed will start to feed you and start to guide you and start to direct you and you'll start living in faith, uh, start living in fear and not faith. God wants to reveal, God wants to show what is the right response. What's the right response? So He He gives us the when. When? It's right now. Now let's look real quickly and I want to show you this. So this is what he's saying. He says, and do this. Look at these words, if you can see it on this screen. Paul says, and do this, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep, right? So if we were in church right now, if we were in this building, and I got up and I said, right now, now's the time to awake out of sleep. We would all get on our feet and we would go, yeah. And we'd scream and we'd get excited because we, why, why do we recognise as a church and as a people of God that, that we need to do something? Why? Because if, you, if we were to be real honest, we know how crazy things are. Isn't it? So, so let's do this real quickly. I want to write down what we're going to go to school with Ben. Okay, you ready? I want to write down. Okay, so why, why does the church need to arise? Let's think. Let's let's think. Let me think of of some things that that I've said and maybe you've said and we've all said in the last few months. Right? Why do we have to step up as a church? Why do we have to arise? Why do we have to do something? Let's write some things down. What about this? Um, um, I've said this before. You have said this. This is crazy. Someone said that to me yesterday. I said, how are you doing, bro? He said, man, this is crazy. How many people have said that? Let's write that. This is crazy. What about this one? Someone said this to me as well. I'm freaking out. Has anyone said that? Bro, I'm freaking out. What's going on? I might get COVID, I'm freaking out. Let's write, I'm freaking out. Okay, what else have we, what, well, let's, just, let's just write down some things that we know is going on. The people are anxious. We're anxious. We're, we're fearful. And the, what's, what's going on? It's this, this, what about just this, this sucks. This sucks. My business is is falling apart. I haven't been to work. Some people I've talked to haven't been haven't been back to work. The the business is falling apart. People are people are hurting. There's hurt. And there's and there's bitterness. 
So, so in our minds, when, when we think, when I get up there and, and I get up right now and I preach and we look at Romans 13, 11 and we say, it's time for the church to rise. In our minds, we think, why do we need to arise? Because of all this crap. Is that not right? Because why do we need to arise? Because I see what's on the news right now. I see the violence. I see the hurt. I see the pain. I see the divisiveness of the enemy. And we think in our minds, this is why we need to arise. But let me show you something. Because it's wrong. That's not what Paul says. It would make sense, wouldn't it? It would preach great. And in a moment, they're gonna show you the rest of this verse. This would make sense. And do this knowing the time that now is high time to wake out of sleep because the enemy is attacking so bad. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Now is a high time to wake out of sleep because people are freaking out, because there's anxiety, because there's fear, because they've hurt, because this sucks, because there's so much bitterness, because the enemy's working. It would, that would make sense. But what does the Word of God say? Throw it up real quick. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Hang on a sec, Paul. Wait up, bro. Just give me a second. You're telling me that I need to arise not in reaction to what the devil's doing, but you're telling me that I need to arise in response at what God has done because now is not the time for the church to arise because of all this crap. Now is the time for the church to arise because of salvation. That we need to rise up as a church, not in reaction to the enemy, but in response to the cross, in knowing that now actually is the greatest time for the church. Now is not a time for us to live reactionary, but the right response is to say, God's still good. That that's got to fuel us. As a church, this is the problem. This is the problem. Too often, we let the enemy set the pace for our praise. So the worst things get, we know this, it sounds churchy, it sounds Christian, and it sounds like I should tweet it, that the worse it gets, the more I praise. Have you ever said that before? Doesn't that mean that the devil is setting the pace at which I'm gonna praise. So then my praise is like up and down. Why am I not growing in God? Because you're praising based upon your problems. But we as Christians need to praise based upon the promise. That my salvation, salvation, it means freedom. It means deliverance. It means hope. This has got to be the focus of our response right now. 
telling you, church, there's a greater place of depth that God wants us to go to where we are no longer living lives that are in reaction to what the enemy is doing around us. Let me show you real quickly and I'm gonna close. Second Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is coming up. The Moabites, the Ammonites, Amorites, Cellulites, all those jokers, right? He's coming up against them. And it says, so they rose early in the morning. Jehoshaphat has jokers all around him. It's bad, bro. I mean, this thing is a mess. Rose early in the morning, went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they came out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, he's speaking to his army. He says, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, Look at these words. Believe in the Lord your God. Listen, if I was trying to, if I was trying to rally, you know, I used to play football, Australian rules football. It's like it's like American football, but we don't have helmets and pads. We're not that smart. And so in Australian rules football, I mean it's it's tough. I mean, you're gonna get hit hard and it's gonna hurt. And and we would we would you know gather together in the locker room. You know, get pumped up, get excited. ACDC's playing, you know. And, and, and if I'm gonna rally guys, I'm gonna focus all of their attention and energy upon their opponent. We would, we would come up against teams and, and, and we would remember how much they beat us last time. And we get together, you know, we'd be like, remember those morons? Well, yeah, we hate them, you know. Let's go get them, you know, like this type of thing. And it's silly and, and, and but that's what, how, what we're doing in the church. We're like, man, the enemy's attacking. Yeah, he is. But my Bible tells me that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So, so what Jehoshaphat does is he doesn't gather his troops and say, look at these Amorites and look at these dudes coming against us. We're gonna smoke them. These guys are idiots. These guys are morons. Let's go kill them. No, he gathers his troops and he says, believe in the Lord your God. He says, fix your attention upon your God and you're gonna get a strength from that focus that will fuel you to be what God has called you to be right now. We have got to have the right response as the people of God. This will move you, listen church, this will move you forward. It will move you forward and you will no longer live in reaction to what the enemy's been doing, but you'll shift and start to live in response to what your God has done. He says, now it's time to wake up. Why? because this is the greatest day for the church of Jesus Christ. And we're not preaching that enough. We're not talking about how powerful our God is. 
We're not talking about how good He is, how He stands for what is right, what is pure, what is just. We're not talking about the fact that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We're not talking about the fact that my steps are ordered by the Lord. Even when I go through a dark place, I'm gonna come out when I don't focus on the dark, but I focus on the light that is Jesus. We don't talk about the fact that He's covering us, that His hands upon us as a nation, that while this may have surprised us, it didn't surprise Him. Get your focus off what's going on around you and get it upon the God who has appointed and anointed you. It's the right response. And I wanna pray for us right now. And the biggest thing I wanna pray right now off this first part of this message is I wanna pray against distractions because we're getting distracted. The enemy might've taken your, your business, your some of you declared bankruptcy. Maybe you haven't been able to get back to work. Maybe you got sick. Maybe you lost a loved one through this pandemic. Maybe this racial divide and, and tension right now is stirring up all this hurt, this pain that the enemy's trying to keep in front of you to try and paralyze you from your purpose and from your destiny. Maybe you, you're, so, you're so busy. There's some of you that are so busy. You, you don't miss a beat on politics. You can tell me who's doing this and who's doing that and why they're doing this and why they're doing that. You're spending more time in CNN and Fox News than you are in your Word. And you wonder why you're walking in fear and not faith. We've got to church. We have got to. I am so concerned that the church is out of position. We're over here, running around here doing all this and the enemy's setting the agenda. It's time for us to have the right response and say, God, I'm in Your Word. God, show me. God, speak to me. God, guide me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 